When life gets harder, you get smarter. You don't mission, you level up like a boss. Connect Vox Fiber to your home, starting from 554 Rand per month. Level up your experience with Airtime's Wi-Fi boosters, Vobi Voice app calling, Office 365 and over 160 other products to enhance your lifestyle. Live smart, level up with Vox. Visit vox.co.za to view our range. T's and C's apply. So, uh, so Rechot, you see all this grey hair growing here. Well, that's, you don't put, yeah. that's the software over the last two weeks that we've been trying to fix to get to work <laughs> with, this, with this little podcast. What a mission. What an absolute mission. Um, how, does it, how is it that we get it right on the test and then it comes out when we try and do it live? Yeah, yeah it's, I don't understand so I actually hope it is going out live now. Uh, in fact, I'm going to mail myself a copy of this link so that we can just check, we check before we officially start this podcast today. Good um, idea, yeah. Good have idea. a look on my phone. Um, but uh, before we get going, well, while I'm doing this, rather, um, what, is, what is that uh, IPA you're drinking there? So, yeah, this is quite interesting. It's, uh, so it's, again, the tiny keg t- uh, cans, but this is the... Uh, Pina Colada IPA. It's like a collab brew between Stellenbosch. Well, it's Stellenbosch Breweries um, beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very nice. It's very interesting. There's a, quite a bit of um, kind of a coconutty flavor. Sorry, it's a collab with Fierce Brewing Company and Studies. Um, it's, it's, it's a very colorful quite, can. Oh, it's a beautiful can. Yeah, mm. it's kind of, I mean, there you can see what it looks like. It's like a little hazy. It's a pale ale. Oh, it's like a, it's an IPA, but it's. It's not very kind of hoppy. It's it's got a bit of um, it's definitely got a bit of that that coconut flavoring to it. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what they used for the flavoring actually, or if it was just flavor of actual coconut, coconut and vanilla and pineapple. Now that makes sense. So it's got this tropical fruitiness going. That's quite unique for an IPA. I mean, most IPAs have like a fruitiness, but it's not not anything like this type of fruitiness. You know, this is yeah. proper tropical island fruit. So it's it's nice and flavorful. Um, Looks lovely. It's it's good. I mean, it's not as good as the first one. I mean, I've had this one probably for a few weeks now. I don't know if it's changed a bit, but I mean, the, the first few I had were much better. Maybe just a, a batch thing. It looks completely blue on, blue on my screen, by the way. So I can't see the yellow. <laughs> yeah, that's another issue we're having with Wirecast. It's uh, it's the screen. We're doing screen sharing here, and uh, it's for some bizarre reason it's coming through. It's kind of a purpley blue on Rafa's side. But um, I've just checked, and we are we are live on the uh, on the intertubes, and it does seem to be working, and the audio seems to be coming through fine. Uh, so uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, given the issues we're having, I don't think we're going to tweet this one out today. Um, but yeah, let's just do it. Let's just. But it is it is going out there. So, uh, in fact, let me keep the uh, video window open because uh, if we've got any questions in the chat room, please uh, join us there. Um, so, uh, where are my show notes? We're very disorganized today. Um, the reason we didn't have a show last week was because of these troubles we've been having with Wirecast, um, but also because um, I have a new uh, mixing desk here, which uh, is my pick this week. So I'll talk about it a little bit later in the show. But it's um, it's very cool. It allows you to uh, do stuff like this. When Rechard says something uh, very interesting, I hit this button. That's some pretty cool stuff. So, uh, can you hear that, by the way, Rechard? We're the booze. Yeah, I can hear it. We should have for 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 winner and loser of the week. We should have those booze and cheers. Yes, I don't think we've got booze here, but we've got things like this. Oh, that's so magical, Duncan. Um, okay, I can't see us using that, but it also does this. And this. Dramatic. <laughs> and it does this. That could be the loser, loser jingle. Loser of the week. Bottom yeah. right button. <laughs> I don't know why I can't stop the laughing now. Stop, stop, stop. There we go. That's this too. Everything for a one-man band. Now, let's not overuse those, please. <laughs> Any of those, actually. Crickets. After so I say something profound, you can have that play. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to stop these damn things. They seem to be in a loop. There we go. Um, but uh, we'll get to this uh, mixing board because um, although it took a lot of PT to get this thing to work, um, which I don't think is what they were intending in designing this product, it is now working. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> doing some pretty cool stuff. So, um, 
So uh, I must just remember when we get to loser, I need to do that. Yes. <laughs> so I've poured myself uh, another uh, uh, Southern Comfort. Um, still working my way slowly through that uh, bottle. Hmm. What, today or just in general? No, just in general. Uh, <laughs> in fact, it's the first time I've had any since the last time we podcast two weeks ago. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, now that we know everything's working hunky-dory, shall we get this show on the road? I'm Duncan McLeod. And I'm Richard van der Berg. This is Talk Central, episode 265 for the week starting 7 July 2019. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. Join our YouTube live stream on Sundays from about 1 p.m. and please hit that subscribe button. And on Talk Central this week, Econet Media's woes rather. Also on the show this week, Google and Facebook and bringing more subsea fiber are bringing more subsea fiber to to Africa. Ramaphosa hits back at Huawei and, sorry, Ramaphosa backs Huawei and Bill Gates laments losing to Android. It's Sunday afternoon. We are indeed live streaming on YouTube after a great amount of effort and it's time to talk everything technology. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rechat? Jeez, Duncan, how's it? I haven't seen you for a while, eh? No, it has been a while. Actually, no, we saw each other plenty last Sunday. We just didn't go live on here. <laughs> How long were we fiddling? Must have been at least an, an hour, hour and a half. half. Yeah, yeah. that's quite a while. Yeah, um, and I'm still not quite sure what in Wirecast we've done to get this to work. Um, uh, there are so many settings in the software and just pressing buttons and eventually the live stream is working and it does seem to be going out at 1080p and it does seem the audio quality does sound uh, pretty amazing. And I have a new microphone here, by the way. It's the uh, Rode Procaster. Um, Fancy. We've got a, which road have you got on your side? Uh, the NT2. NT2, okay. It's, a voc- oh, it's more of a vocal, older vocal style mm. microphone. So we've both got, yeah, we've both got very good, uh, can I lift this and uh, it's on a boom arm, so I can probably do that. Um, it's, uh, we've both got great microphones now, so the audio version of this podcast should be sounding amazing and it's recording directly onto this mixing desk SD card. Um, so won't be stripping the audio out of YouTube as we've been doing over the last month, month and a half. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, new technology, um, lots to learn and lots to break, it seems. But shall we do our quiz? Do you want to do the first question, Richard? Certainly. Google plans, the first question, Google plans to build a new subsea cable from Europe to South Africa, while Facebook plans to encircle the content with a similar system. What are the two systems called? And which social media company said last week it might slap warning labels on posts from politicians? <laughs> Good move, I think. NASA has announced plans to send spacecraft to which moon in the solar system? And Apple has announced it's moving production of the Mac Pro. That's that very, very expensive cheese grater. Um, <laughs> from where to where? And uh, the final question, who announced last week that he's leaving Apple? That's our quiz. As always, we'll get to the uh, answers at the end of the show. But let's dive into this week's news. And there was um, quite a lot to talk about. In fact, quite a bit from last week when we didn't record as well. So I've left a few of those items on our mm. on our show notes this week. Um, but the big news this week was undoubtedly the news that uh, the troubles at Econet Media, um, which is a sister company to Liquid Telecom and uh, part of the Econet Group, uh, founded by the Zimbabwean businessman, uh, billionaire Strive Masiwa. Now, uh, Rachel, do you remember, I don't know if you ever played with one of their Roku boxes that they launched back in 2017. I didn't, but I saw yours in action there. We, we, I remember having a conversation around yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's a Roku box, right? I mean, the hardware is quite good. Yeah, it's great hardware. Um, and, and so they've, they, had, they launched this in partnership with Roku, and uh, um, it stopped working earlier this week. And um, uh, Business Day reported, I think it was on Tuesday, that, um, that Econet had um, put its pay TV business into administration. Uh, and um, it, it seemed that the two events were linked because the the Roku box and I haven't plugged mine. I haven't looked at mine just in the last uh, day or two, but it was popping up a message saying that uh, the service has been suspended. Um, and it was obvious to draw the conclusion that um, that Econet and and uh, Roku or Econet probably wasn't paying Roku, and that o- Roku therefore dis- discontinued the service. Uh, I spoke to Joseph Hundo, who's the CEO of Econet Media, and he denied that there's any link between the two. Um, the administration, which he said uh, was purely to do with um, Econet's pay TV assets. Um, I've seen a, a report from the uh, 
from the administrator that they've appointed, which is Ernst Young, suggesting that it's the Econet media business as a whole that's been placed into administration. So that's not entirely clear at this stage. So the CEO is saying that it's only the pay TV assets and not other aspects of the business and not including the, the Roku streaming stuff, which he hopes will be online soon. Um, they were actually talking about it going back online this week, but it hasn't yet. Mm. Um, uh, and then the uh, pay TV business um, uh, Quest, under, under the Quesse brand, which um, uh, they launched in several African markets, not including South Africa because they didn't have a pay TV license here. Um, but it's not clear to me whether the, the problems are, are more broad than they are letting on because the document I, I've seen suggested that the whole of Econet Media had been placed, placed into administration. Um, it also raises interesting questions around uh, Quesse Free TV, which you'll remember was the license that was granted to um, um, a company, the company is called Quesa Free TV, in which Econet Media is a 20% shareholder. And they were given a license by CASA back in March uh, to launch a free-to-air television platform in South Africa. Uh, and the first such license to be awarded since ETV got its license back, I think, in 1998 mm-hmm. or so. So in about 20 – first license in free-to-air television in about 20 years. Um, now, they're, they're a minority shareholder. They've just got 20% of the equity. Um, but they were planning to bring a lot of the content to the platform. Um, other shareholders include um, a business, I think it's called Meshach Capital, Song Capital, um, and a Royal Bufferking Holdings subsidiary called Metix, uh, Royal Bufferking Metix, if I remember correctly. Now, uh, now that they're just a 20% shareholder in this business, so one assumes that this business can actually still go ahead and launch free to air services. They've been given until 20th, uh, until March 2020, rather to launch those services. But I know that they were planning to bring a, an HD sports offering to market um, sooner than that. Uh, um, sorry, they've got until 2021, not 2020, okay. my correct, correction to launch. Um, and they were planning to bring a, a sports, a Quasi Sports in HD to the platform. But if Econet Media, in the entire of tier of Econet Media is now an administration, um, one wonders whether they're going to be able to do that, if that is not clear. So... Um, they, they're kind of putting on a brave face and saying that this business isn't affected and that Quesi Free TV is moving ahead. Um, but I think there are question marks about it, um, mm-hmm. which we'll only see in due course. I did ask Icasa for comment on this, um, but they, um, they didn't respond to a request for comment. Um, uh, obviously, it will, it might reflect, reflect badly on Icasa if they've licensed a, an operator that, um, that isn't going to be able to launch because of financial difficulties. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, the Quesi Free TV offering, which is their sorry, the Quesi Play offering, which is their um, streaming offering through the Roku box, um, is still not working. Um, I will check it again this evening um, when I'm in front of my TV. But um, you know, disappointing because a lot of consumers have bought this this box through retail, mm-hmm. and um, and I think there are a lot of consumers who 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 are relying on this and are a bit concerned that they um, that they are not able to uh, to use the platform. Yeah, I've seen some tweets online where people want to take their boxes back that they recently bought and they couldn't do so. Yeah. In fact, yeah, I had a call. No I had a call from a retailer this week. I forget which one. Um, from a salesman uh, asking what's happened to them because there was a consumer next to him in the store um, saying, "You know, my Quesi box is not working. Um, should I be selling these things to consumers?" I said mm. to him, "I really don't know. I mean, I I don't know if this is going to be coming back online, but they say that it's." Um, that it's unrelated to the the administration, but I guess so still, they, for something to happen like that, it's it's mm, just crazy coincidence if it isn't yeah, related. Yeah, but how is it not? I mean, for such a service to be switched off, you know, I'm sure Roku wouldn't take it lightly to disconnect. No, you know, a lot of boxes, a lot of consumer box businesses, also a bad reflection on them if yeah, exactly if it is handled incorrectly. So it must be a no. it must be a. Um, payment issue to Roku. I can't, I can't see it being anything else. Mm, mm. Yeah, I know. Obviously, I mean, we know what happens behind closed doors of conversations or, or what you want and want not to let out. I mean, yeah. and in between all those conversations, yeah, it's, it's difficult to find the truth early on uh, mm. when things like this happen. Well, I suppose if it's not back online by next week, I think the chances of it coming back are probably quite slim. Mm. That's actually a picture you can see on your screen now of the box. Um, they had a partnership with Netflix as well, so uh, you could... Uh, you could pay in rands when this launched. It was only Netflix was only available in dollars. You could only pay in dollars when back in 2017 when this box mm-hmm. launched. Mm-hmm. Um, they have subsequently launched rand pricing, but um, they have a partnership partnership with Netflix as well. And Netflix is on the box. 
Um, and they had a whole bunch of channels on there and different types of content. It was quite good for what it was. But it's strange that it's completely disabled now. So, I mean, you can't even make use of, because I remember I had a Roku box many, many years ago. That's not related to the Quest Air deal or anything. Mm. But, I mean, there were services on there that you could make use of. So, this doesn't even revert to that. It's just disabled completely. So, you can't use anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was a custom box, I think, that Roku built for, um, oh, okay. for Quest Air. So, and I think it appears that Roku had full control over that box. And if they wanted to switch it off, they could. Which makes an interesting question. It makes an interesting question as well around the you know negotiation for this type of thing. Do you really leave all of your IP in the hands of the manufacturer like that? Mm. Yeah, it, it means payment in perpetuity. If if, if you know, because it means that you know they don't have the IP. Maybe maybe they got a cheaper deal and Roku said, okay, cool. Well, we retain the IP. We'll give you the box. Yes, we can launch for cheaper, which is probably what happened. Yes, but still, it shows us again. You know, if you don't own your own stuff. Yeah, you mm. can land up in a, come some difficult times, come time to pay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Johan says in the comments uh, room, uh, the comments told uh, in chat room, uh, word of mouth still strong once your friends don't recommend things, difficult to fix it. That's a very good point. And the moment you have a problem like this, you go off for just a few days and there's, and people don't really know what's going on and there's talk of administration of the holding company. Um, you know, word does spread very quickly and people stop spending just like that. Yeah. And more people then go back to Showmax and Netflix and yep. another competitor bites the dust. And again, when a new one pops up, people are less likely to jump on board because, mm. you know, what happened with the last one, you know. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. It's a place to be. So if anyone's listening to the show either live today or, or post the facts, send us, a, send us a message in the chat room if you're watching live or send us a WhatsApp on 71 Double one, double one. That's oh seven one triple nine double one, double one. If you bought one of these uh, Quesir Roku boxes, uh, how do you feel about the fact that uh, it's it's unavailable? Um, are you are you annoyed? Are you going to return this box? Um, mm. I'd like to know. I'd be yeah, annoyed if I'd bought one. I mean, I've got a fr- I've got a freebie from the launch, but uh, if I'd actually paid good money for it. Well, imagine you're an actual customer, and this is what you were using to watch content. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of people like that. Although having said that, I don't know how big their business was. I don't really know anybody who uses as their main mm. content box. I mean, a lot of people either have Apple TVs or some kind of Android-based um, yeah. um, device or just a PC connected to their TV or obviously yeah. DSTV multi-choice. I think if you're a tech-savvy user, um, you, you, you wouldn't get one of these. I think you'd get this. Uh, I mean, if you're a tech-savvy user, you're very likely to connect a – a computer to your TV mm, mm. Um, because then you've got the full power of the browser and you can access all the services you want through a web browser. Um, I think a lot of the market has also um, gone for the Apple TV device. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm sure there's, and there must have been hundreds if not thousands of people who bought this through retail. Yeah, I mean, they seem to have done well. There was a massive launch. Um, mm. But still, I mean, I don't know anybody who spoke about it really in even yeah. in consumer terms. Yes. So, but they didn't put their numbers out, right? So we don't actually know how many people bought and subscribed. No, we don't. We don't. We just know from the uh, the Ernst & Young um, uh, document that I've seen, which they sent out to their creditors who haven't paid, uh, that they got um, they got into a huge amount of debt to the tune of about the equivalent of uh, 1.8 billion rand. I think it was $130 million uh, of debt uh, to external parties. So... Um, you know, if you're a size of a multi-choice, that amount of money probably isn't an issue. But if you're a smaller player like Econet Media, um, it's, it sounds like they just spent too much money on content and didn't get the customers, to be frank. Well, exactly. So they didn't have enough people to who signed up to the service to justify all the money they were spending. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very sad. And they obviously had good content as a result of it. Well, I hope they did. I mean, it would have been sad if yeah. they had good content and they still failed. Yeah, I don't remember what uh, what sort of content they had on there. I, I, I must say, I haven't looked at it in at least a year. I haven't switched that box on um, prior to this week to see the error message. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, they, they had Netflix. I think that was their main selling point. But there were there was some other stuff on there that wasn't, wasn't bad. Um, and you could add your own as well, and they promised to add more and more as time went on. Um, oh. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and test it again a bit later and see if it's working. Oh. But I have my doubts. Uh, Martin, how's it, Martin? Um, from Sydney, Australia. G'day, mate. Uh, <laughs> he says, Chromecast big down here under. Uh, most free-to-air channels have uh, mobile applications, and you can cast to TV. My TV has Google Chromecast built in, so no device needed. 
Yeah, I think um, I think Chromecast and Apple TV are the are really going to be the two big and smart TVs with built-in functionality. I mean, that's going yeah. to kill this market in any case, especially if those have an Android-based system or kind of an open app system where you can install, you know, any of yeah. these apps like Netflix and Showmax and those things. Yeah. So that's Econet. I'm, I'm sure that story is going to run there. They have the creditors meetings happening next Wednesday uh, online, uh, Skype calls. So I'm going to be naughty and dial into that. Um, even though I'm not a creditor of the companies, um, <laughs> I'm going to dial in anyway and see what they have to say. Um, right. So shall we move on? What's next on our list? Uh, Google and Facebook are building, uh, undersea cables. Um, well, we know Google is because they've announced it. They're building something called the Equiano cable, uh, which is going to run from Portugal to Cape Town. Um, and, uh, it's going to be 20 times the um, initial design capacity of the current larger system along that route, which I think is the WAX system at five odd terabits per second. Sure. So that would mean that this is a 100 terabit per second cable that's going to come down the coast. And this is, uh, this is before they apply additional dense wave division multiplexing technologies to it down the line. You know that um, – uh, the capacity of undersea cables keeps getting upgraded as the technology gets enhanced, as the DWDM uh, yeah. wavelength splitting. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but it's the way that uh, they they compress and send information down a fiber optic cable. For more data. Uh, more data, yeah. that's what we want, right? So you would have heard of um, 40G, 100G, 400G. Mm. These are types of dense wave division multiplexing technologies that are used uh, to just cram this data down a down an undersea cable. Um, and so the initial design capacity, and I presume this is going to be a, either a 100 or a 400G cable system, um, and it's going to be ready for service, I think they said by the end of 2021, so uh, just over two years from now, um, uh, 100 terabits a second. Um, there's so much capacity, we're just going to be drowning in it, right? Yeah, that's also not uh, keeping in mind that so many other services are going to be using the, the data and the bandwidth through those pipes. Um, mm along with decommissioning of others. So yes, we'll definitely see more. And uh, I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I must be honest, I'm not as, as excited about this one because I've got some pretty good fiber at home. So it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. It's future proofing now. Now it's like forward thinking. And uh, in five years time, you know, I still want to maintain my level of, uh, you know, bandwidth and throughput at yeah. a lesser price, you know, cheaper price. Yeah. What's interesting, this is not a consortium cable and there are no multiple investors. It is purely being uh, invested, being built and, and funded by Google itself. And Steve Song, who uh, I think many listeners to this show know, who developed the uh, African Undersea Cables Map, uh, which he's basically uh, or recently updated uh, to show the Equiano cable. Um, he suggests that uh, it's an interesting one because um, they're not a telecommunications operator in the true sense of the word. And telecommunications uh, companies are heavily regulated in in the African context. So he raised the question, you know, what, you know, how is Google going to be able to land here if it doesn't have the requisite telecommunications licenses? Interesting. Good point. Good point. But I mean, it's, 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 you can totally understand why Google would be doing something. I mean, they just want to mm. own their own pipeline. They want to own their own bandwidth, yeah. really. Um, if, if all of their services around the world are connected via their own undersea cables, mm. Um, it's a huge benefit for them as a company, I'm sure, in terms of costs. I mean, obviously, yeah. the, the outlay for <laughs> landing these cables are pretty yeah. high, but, I mean, I'm sure they've yeah. got the money. Oh, yeah, um, it's a small change for Google. <laughs> it does also open up the question about who's going to own the internet. I mean, if they have mm. – if we are running – basically, all of our internet eventually runs through those cables, um, or at least the Google-based traffic, which is a lot of services, YouTube, you know, a lot of social media stuff, obviously, all the searches, um, a lot of – Cached server um, information. <laughs> you in focus. There. I went out of um, focus. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting debate we're going to be having over a few years because mm. you know I'm sure they would be in a position to also sub sell or sublet if they want to some of that uh, bandwidth capacity. I'm sure they'll do that. I mean, they have to. I mean, they can't. It can't just be all Google on this thing. But eventually, I mean, you can imagine. Eventually, yes, you can justify. Mm. You know, okay, let's let's invest in this now. We get some customers to pay for it and. Mm. I mean, best case scenario, we own the cable and we sell the data. Uh, and on the other side, we have all the capacity we need for our future endeavors. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's exciting times. Um, it's early days, but uh, they've they've already um, commissioned a, a company to do the survey for them and to to lay the cable system. So uh, we're just over two years from an incredible amount of bandwidth coming down here. 
And then this Facebook, which um, isn't saying very much, but um, I saw the Wall Street Journal had something. In fact, I'd also heard about this a couple of months ago and uh, spoke to Facebook about it, and they just didn't want to comment. Uh, they also didn't, by the way, comment to the mm. Wall Street Journal. Um, but uh, they, they're working on a, on a cable system called Simba. Um, it's going to have Simba West and Simba East. And uh, it's, apparently it's named after the character in The Lion King. Um, but they, they apparently w- are looking to work with telecommunications operators on this project. They don't want to do it themselves. And uh, um, the talk is that Vodacom slash Vodafone um, are possibly involved in this. Um, I've attempted to get comment from Vodacom on this and uh, uh, hit a brick wall, um, which almost certainly suggests they are involved. Um, but uh, this one is going to encircle the African continent. So um, the West, West Link will follow the same route as Wax and Equiano. And, uh, and the East Link will follow a similar route to the CECOM cable. Um, and again, we don't know any details about the size of the system, but um, I would imagine that um, it's going to be a very high-capacity system far in excess of anything that's out there today. Um, but interesting. I mean, um, you know, it, two of the biggest Internet companies in the world now appear to be in a race to encircle the African continent with high-capacity fiber. As, as the African continent, should we, be, uh, should we be welcoming this or should we be concerned about it? Well, maybe a bit of both. I think we need to own our own infrastructure, right? And this is certainly not going to be that. <laughs> like so many things, we won't be owning any of this. It's a fantastic move for these companies. I mean, mm. like certainly forward planning. And uh, yeah, we do need to be a little bit concerned about the ownership. And I mean, if they own it, if they own the entire infrastructure and we just connect to it, I mean, you know, where does regulation do? When Where does it come in if there is such a thing ever needed? Mm. Mm. It's going to be interesting times to see how this plays out. I mean, the positive side, obviously, yes, more bandwidth, future redundancy um, gives us the opportunity to build newer technologies, better technologies. I mean, I mean, we're probably just a few years away from companies like Huawei and Apple doing the same, right? I mean, they mm. own the devices, so why don't they want to own their own channels? Yeah. It's possible. And if you have, I guess it's also a good investment. I mean, you've got lots of money. What do you do with all that money? Uh, mm. Invest in something that you know is going to be profitable. Yeah. You know, this this is certainly a profitable endeavor, um, yeah. data and, and undersea cables. What I was really interested in about the Equiano cable is that they're only planning to launch it in, uh, land it in three places Cape Town, uh, which, is, which is one end of the thing, Portugal, which is the other end of the thing, and in Nigeria. Um, so every other African country is getting left out of the landing stations on this particular system, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, um, it's, it's, it, it's Google suggesting that um, South Africa and Nigeria are sufficient uh, sources of generators of internet traffic to, to warrant the building of the system and leave out all the other countries in between. But surely they'll have, they'll have a, a kind of plan in that to land at other con- countries if and when is needed. Um, maybe maybe they also can keeping, do that. playing their cards close to their chest. I don't want to kind of let, let know who, what they're going to be doing. Maybe. It could be that. Because, I mean, um, we know that splicing a cable and getting it to land from wherever it is is not the most difficult thing to do once the cable is there. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Martin says, uh, wondering if cloud ecosystems are driving capacity, Amazon availability zone, Google cloud platform, and Amazon Amazon. Uh, Azure, I think he means Microsoft Azure, wow. um, uh, needs big pipes. Um, do they need big pipes? I mean, uh, you know, they're bu- actually building the data centers here. I think it could be argued that the pipes are more needed when uh, data centers are accessed in Europe. True, but I guess the, the backhaul of these things too, I mean, if you want to connect to data centers from South Africa to the UK or Portugal or wherever, or Spain or the, any of these countries, the US, I mean, again, if you own the touch points, um, it's you know you're still far better off with the technology because you own mm. everything. You don't you don't need to own necessarily the internal the internal structure in the country. Yeah, because you're going to be piping through virtually every bit of data if you eventually then own that pipeline. Mm. So you don't need to worry about the infrastructure in the country. You just take that uh, whatever yeah. leaves the country and you'll make more money or probably make mm. as much money. And you're not fighting with the internals of the country about who's owning. What mm. I think they're avoiding a lot of headaches by not yeah. competing with a country's uh, infrastructure like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting and quite exciting. I think, um, assuming the Simba cable goes ahead, we know the well, Equiano almost certainly is going to go ahead now. Simba is still not as clear, but uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do go ahead with this project, um, especially after um, Elon Musk blew up Mark Zuckerberg's uh, internet satellite. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, I think there's a good chance that uh, he's um, redirected the money that he was going to be putting into that into the submarine cable. Mm. Uh, um, so, 
Uh, I think it's exciting. Uh, all this extra bandwidth is is, is good, um, but I think the regulators are going to be having a a proper look at this. I think the other thing that's exciting is that um, this could uh, um, potentially mean that um, uh, data centers are going to follow from these companies. Facebook doesn't have a data center here, as far as I know. I don't think they have any infrastructure here. Um, and Google has some data infrastructure in South Africa, but I think they're hosting, they've got some servers hosted in places like Internet Solutions data centers, although um, um, they'll never admit to that, uh, where they're located. But um, they do have some infrastructure here, but they don't have a full-fledged full, full uh, cloud data center in South Africa. And I know they are looking for enterprise cloud business here. So maybe this is um, the precursor to announcements by Facebook and, and Google that they're going to be putting down uh, data centers here. I mean, we see the technology certainly going there, the way that these uh, social platform or these platforms are growing. Yeah. Uh, you have to, you have to, I mean, you have to own your, own your own cake, you know, and all the money that comes into your business. You don't want to be paying other companies for that stuff. Yeah. But exciting times. Um, I can't wait for all this bandwidth to arrive. It's just going to mean cheaper internet for all of us, hopefully. Uh, yeah, and hopefully lower pings too for certain game servers. I mean, if, if there's always that overspill of, you know, game server technologies being hosted or game yeah. service being hosted more. more yeah. yeah. So uh, another interesting story that uh, emerged just yesterday at this, or on Friday rather, at the fourth industrial, I forget what it was called exactly, but it was a fourth industrial revolution conference that happened in, I hate that term, happened in oh. Midrand this week. 4IR 4DI. Summit. 4ID, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it does, it's a meaningless term. I mean, but anyway, let's not talk about that. Uh, let's talk about what uh, the president said at this uh, event, which was really interesting. Um, he actually said something quite different uh, in his uh, actual speech compared to the prepared notes. But uh, let me refer to the pre prepared notes because I wasn't there myself. Uh, but basically, he came out in strong defense of Huawei um, and uh, said that the telecommunications operators in South Africa had written to him and spoken to him and uh, asked for his intervention on this matter. Um, and he, uh, he basically very strongly um, sided with Huawei and with China and said, we need this company if we're going to be innovative and build 5G networks. Um, uh, perhaps not surprising that he decided to do this, given that we're part of the BRICS alignment uh, of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Um, but it's, it's an interesting time in, in, in world affairs with the U.S. President Donald Trump uh, um, engaged in a trade war with China and uh, Huawei, according to Ramaphosa, being the innocent victim in all of this, um, which it probably is to some extent. Um, but, um, but interesting to see the South African president coming out so vocally and so publicly uh, in support of, of Huawei, which I thought was interesting. And, and I think probably the right thing to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and I mean, we also saw, I mean, even the US lifted a lot of the, um, what do you call it? A lot of the issues they had with Huawei. I mean, didn't a lot of that get raised? Not even Trump. Uh, Trump has lifted most of the ban now. Am I correct in saying that? Um, it's not clear. It's actually not clear. So uh, there, it, it appears that American companies that were on this entity list by the from the U.S. Commerce Department are again allowed to sell technology components to Huawei, but um, it, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of question marks over exactly what uh, restrictions remain on Huawei. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the battle continues, I guess. But I think Huawei is definitely going to come out top on this. I mean, it's, yeah, so it's it's too big a company to to get impacted like this. And also mm. their, their influence in so many you know, businesses, especially 5G, which I'm still surprised about how they are. I mean, this is kind of their, their wild card, right? I mean, if it wasn't mm. for 5G, I wonder how they would have survived this um, this uh, American, the US battle that they engage in at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, they, they are so big that, they, I mean, they're not like ZTE, which whose very existence was threatened when sanctions were imposed against that company. Um, but the, the potential is if the Americans con continued to play hardball, and there's a chance they may still continue to play hardball, um, that it's going to take a big chunk out of their their profits and their revenue. And um, you know, I think that I think that their target to uh, be the world's biggest smartphone manufacturer in the short term um, is possibly an, uh, under threat as a result of this. Um, I think Samsung is probably smiling to some extent. Um, because I think there's a lot of uncertainty amongst consumers now. Well, we should we be buying even after the the 
this apparent uh, truce. Should we really be buying a Huawei device? Do we really know that um, you know it's going to continue to support Google services, for example, going forward? Yeah, I know a few people that's been wanting to upgrade, and they love the, I mean, the phone, the new phones, but mm. they are very hesitant to kind of commit to it now because I don't know what. Yeah, I'm sure, and that's, right, I'm sure right that's right the case, so, right? Absolutely, and I'm sure that's uh, every consumer around the world is having the same thoughts in their heads, and that's that is obviously going to have an impact on their sales. Even if Trump says tomorrow, "Sorry, I made a mistake, Huawei, you're our friends again, buddies, um, peace, uh, we love China," even then, I think consumers will still be a little bit, uh, a little yeah. bit worried about uh, what might happen well, next. I, must, I really no. don't see Trump backing on this too much. I mean, yes, there might ease sanctions, but at the end of the day, I, this is this is probably a ploy to prevent Huawei from putting down infrastructure to that degree that 5G is going to require. Because once you have, I mean, if they do see China as a threat and they allow that in and this, you know, for whatever reason becomes a real issue and all this infrastructure is compromised, mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying what he's doing is just, but I can, kind of, I can totally see why they're playing this, this card. You know, they're just trying yeah. to prevent a company from, I guess, owning what could be the most important technology rollout um, if, yeah. it's, if it's going to be such a big tick in our in our lives in reality. Mm. Mm. Interesting times. Never thought the tech industry would be so um, influenced by global geopolitical events, but uh, here we are in 2019. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, interesting interesting comments from Mama Pauza, and I wonder if there's going to be some blowback from the US towards South Africa because of it. Yeah, probably, yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Well, maybe we're just too small a fish in the global ocean for the US to care about. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, you can also argue that. But, um, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing. We just need to be more innovative and, and really, you know, mm. be producing ourselves regardless. You know, maybe yeah. it will spur us in the right direction. I hope so, but yeah. I don't think. Right. So let me put a picture of Bill Gates on the screen. There's a name we haven't heard for a while. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he um, he did an interview about two weeks ago with, uh, I forget who it was, somewhere in America. Uh, and he was asked by the interviewer, um, what do you regard as your biggest regret in working at or running Microsoft? And he said uh, his biggest regret was losing to Google on mobile and Android emerging as the preeminent operating system, which uh, which Microsoft could have been. And that was his greatest regret. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, look, I mean, we've seen that battle. We've both have spoken about this so often. And I can, I fondly remember playing with the, that Windows mobile phone, thinking it had so much promise. Mm. Yeah, didn't come to any proper, didn't bear any reasonable fruits, I guess. And uh, yeah, yeah, the better company won in that race. I also guess um, he, it was a hard, it's, it's a hard pull to swallow, right? I mean, you're the yeah. biggest, biggest, biggest software company. Yeah owned the PC world and you couldn't transition to mobile. Yeah. I would love to I would love to know if, if if that could be pinned back to like one or two decisions where somebody said, nah, let's focus on this rather. I'm sure there must be like a memo somewhere. Where, yeah. Well I was actually mobile. thinking at what point did Microsoft lose mobile? I mean, in the early days they were a leader in mobile, right? I mean in those early I don't know if I could call them smartphones, but they they kind of were. They were like pocket computers. Um, if you remember the mm. those little HP devices that were running Windows, uh, was it Windows CE? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Compaq also part Compaq of Compaq iPack. I mean, those were market leading devices at the time. Uh, the, problem, the problem was, remember, there was no the, so the, the the operating system was great, and then you had the mm. promise of doing all these things, but we had a few issues. So the internet wasn't really there; you didn't have proper mm. mobile data mm. capability. So being able to do anything functional with it, apart from getting a few emails, Office type apps, yeah. They did have Internet Explorer on those on those devices. Yeah, sure, but your data, your mobile data. I remember, you know, you can only really go to Wi-Fi hotspots and use these things. It was Edge. Oh, it was Edge at best. So it's it's maybe too maybe too early for its time, and they didn't have enough um, industry support to develop the ecosystem like we now know so critical to a mobile platform. You know, like your app stores and your app your your, your apps for your platforms. Yeah. Or maybe the compatibility with just normal Windows. Maybe it should have mm. been a full-on compatibility with everything you can do on Windows. Maybe it, mm. have, it would have been a scaled-down version of that. But then, mm. it would have, I mean, we can speculate, but that would have been interesting yeah. to see. By the end, Windows Phone was actually quite good software, um, but it yeah, was too late. Interface, yeah, it's way too late. And it the app developers late. didn't just just didn't want to invest uh, time and money in that platform. Developing apps for it, yeah. 
because the user base was unfortunately small. Apple dominated mm. by then. Android kind of just came out of out of nowhere, and all of a sudden it was a true Apple competitor. Mm. Um, yeah, the time the HTCs became a big brand, you know, now yeah. all of a sudden. You know, you're looking at a Nokia with Windows and yeah. a really good Android-based alternative. I think it was lost for Microsoft, actually. You make a good point. I think it was lost for Microsoft when uh, when uh, uh, HTC launched on Android. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a big... That, that changed the market. Their phones, and their phones were great. I do yeah. They were here, finally, was an alternative to people who didn't want Apple. Mm. That worked and did what the, Apple, what the iPhone did to yeah, a large exactly. extent. And it was Google. I mean, that was a big pulling card, drawing card for a lot of people. I mean, this was an exciting company to be a part of, you know, the mm. Google phone, the Google ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, don't don't cry too much for Mr. Gates or Microsoft because they have gone on to be an extremely successful company. Um, they are the most valuable company in the world. In the world. Their market capitalization is currently around $1.1 trillion. Um, they're far ahead of Google and, and Amazon and Apple. Um, and they've done this because they've pivoted. Um, it's no longer, um, you know, it's no longer so much about Windows and Office. It's now about, um, it's now about cloud and, um, and, and everything around that. And of course, they've done extremely well with Microsoft Azure cloud centers. And Martin just points out in the, um, in, in the chat room, he says, uh, Microsoft losing against the domination of Linux. Well, that's, that's certainly true because Android is, uh, on, run on it was built on top of Linux. Mm. Um, he says also says there are now more Linux deployments on Microsoft's own Azure platform than Windows. Um, that doesn't surprise me at all because uh, uh, Linux is much cheaper to run. First of all, even on Microsoft's own platform, um, but Microsoft has embraced Linux. I mean, they um, they've come so far from the days ten twelve years ago when Steve Ballmer called Linux a cancer. Although the, the GPL, the general public license that, that governs open source software, cancer. Um, and today, Microsoft loves Linux. I mean, they bought GitHub of all companies. Um, so, yeah, that uh, with a defeat, that, I think, in a, yeah. in a, in a not so admitting way, right? Yeah. You just have to work with these guys now. Let's just do it. And, yeah. And they love it. Um, I think Microsoft actually loves Linux now. Um, they've, they've, uh, and they've built a they've built some sort of subsystem into Windows 10 now, and the latest version of Windows 10 you can run Linux on on Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, here Martin's just pointed out new Windows subsystem for Linux version two is shipping with fully fledged Linux kernel. Watch the space next couple of years. Windows will be a flavor of Linux. Maybe I don't know. Microsoft has invested so much in Windows, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, let's be honest, eventually nothing's going to be running natively on your machine, right? So everything will be running somewhere else. So you're not going to see what the underlying foundation is. It probably will be Linux, and you'll just be running a virtual mm. um, virtual uh, version of uh, virtual machine version of the operating system, whether it's really? you know, Windows or something else. I'd, st- I'd still like to think that we're, we're still be doing stuff on our local computers. I, I, I'm not sure I want to go to a world where everything is delivered from the cloud. Well, isn't that what 5G is kind of promising? I mean, you won't, if, if you have high density or high bandwidth, close close quarter style antenna mm. all around, mm. I mean, you literally just need a dumb machine. I agree with you. I wouldn't want it because yeah. you want stuff locally. But once everything is, I mean, you have so much already running on the cloud. I mean, if, you're, if your internet goes down, a lot of your, your smartphone is virtually mm. useless, right? Yeah. So we're kind of halfway there. Did you see, by the way, the the weird um, stuff that Microsoft is posting up on its social media channels this week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on the Instagram page, and I think they might have done it on Facebook too. Um, they uh, oh, with the Windows One, with Windows One Point and then they had a a picture of the old Windows One Point box with DOS, and I think Microsoft, the first version of Microsoft Flight Simulator, and they deleted uh-huh. everything else off their Instagram account. And what are they doing? That was, I believe, that is to do with the Stranger Things. It's a Stranger Things promo. Oh, is that what it is? Mm, all the retro. It's a bit weird. It's a massively over the top, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I read a story about that this morning, and yeah, it was uh, okay. So there's going to. I haven't watched season three of Stranger Things yet, um, but uh, there must be something in there. Yeah, no, it's definitely to do with that. Yeah, it was a strange move to do, right? So Stranger Things three is out on Netflix now, or is it still coming? I don't know. I'm so far behind on that TV series. Yeah, I started watching season two and gave up, and I thought it was rubbish. Oh, really? Yeah, season yeah, one was fantastic. It was. It was incredible. I actually need to watch it again because um, it's been Good a while. 
yeah. especially with the Lego coming, the Lego set coming out now. I was quite a, quite okay. interested to go back to the storyline and uh, yeah. kind of remember all those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a great series. Maybe I should just persevere through season two, but I watched the first episode and I was not impressed, so I, I, I ditched it. Mm. Well, you um, can't judge it on just one episode. Don't yeah, you? I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. There's so much else to watch out there that's so good that uh, it's kind of, you know... That's oh, why I stopped is... watching a lot of shows because yeah. it is just too much. And, um, you know, I've kind of mm. just taken a while. Okay, hang on, hang on. I don't yeah. want, do I want to be committing 20 hours to something now? Yeah. I'm yeah. kind of weighing it up versus maybe yeah. game time or something else. Yeah. At least we know there'll always be good content to watch a few years yeah. down the line. Oh, there we go. It is out, apparently. Martin says he's already watched the first four episodes of season three. So, oh, nice. Any reference in there to Microsoft or to version uh, version one of Windows, Martin? Um, I'm sure there it's... would have been something on one of the screens, yeah. Because, I mean, they, the, 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 the nostalgia element they pulled on that was very good. Yeah. Working with Microsoft, and this was a clever move. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe it isn't Stranger Things. Um, maybe they're planning to rename Windows. What? Two Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> to be a good name for Windows, right? <laughs> Let me see if I can find this. Uh, Stranger Things version 1.0. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I've been wondering for a while, though, if Microsoft is going to rename Windows. You know, we've had Windows 10 now for how many years? It's been out for about four years. Mm, yeah, um, well, it's been a while. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there was talk that this is the final version of Windows, that we're never going to see a Windows 11. Um, so maybe they rename it. Maybe they just call it Windows. Oh, that'll make sense. I'm just putting up a Verge article here. Microsoft is teasing Windows 1, yes, from 1985 for a mystery Stranger Things tie-in. Oh, there we go. So, so it's, it's a marketing strategy. So maybe they are launching something cool and they're just using this as a tie-in. Maybe. I'd, I'd be surprised if it's only uh, to do with Stranger Things. I mean, I'd imagine that it's something more if they're going to delete every message off their Instagram account and... And, and and take this so public. I mean, uh, what's in it for Microsoft in pro, pro, uh, promoting a TV series? Lots and lots of money and exposure, I guess. Maybe, but I, I think there's something more to it. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. We'll, we'll, <laughs> well, we'll see, I guess. I mean, Stranger Things 3 is out now, so what, give yeah. it a month. What's yeah. going to be the follow-up to this? Yeah. Anyway, Martin says, um, chose to watch you guys tonight rather than Stranger Things 3. <laughs> oh, we are certainly the Stranger Things tonight. That's <laughs> yeah, maybe we should change the podcast name to Stranger <laughs> Things. <laughs> It'd be a great name for us, actually. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, um, don't be don't be surprised. I think there might be a, a Windows um, rename coming. Um, Windows as a service, only ninety nine dollars a year. Now, I see. Now there's an idea I can totally see happening, mm. and it works. It works so well for for most platforms. Yeah. Um, Adobe is a very good example of how that works. Yes. I don't know if I'd be happy with that, but if you're getting a better operating system and the early updates, I mean, yeah, if the price is reasonable, it could work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they'd have to release a major update before they could do that, though. Something compelling to convince people that they need to go onto this, because there's going to have to be a clean break, and you know, there's going to be a lot of angry people who won't want to upgrade. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What about all those old Windows 95 machines still running around? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure those will keep running, um, keep getting infested with viruses. <laughs> uh, I, can't, yeah. I can't believe there's still people running Windows XP or Windows, no, 95. I don't think there's any Windows 95 left. I, I know somebody still runs Windows XP. Yeah. It's strange. It's the operating system that refuses to die. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy times. <laughs> Right, the difficulty of doing this live stream through Wirecast and accessing everything through uh, Google Drive for the show notes and then back to Wirecast is I have to f go to the show notes, find out what we're talking about next, and then hit the button to send the picture live the to. But I think we've actually covered this week's news, so uh, yeah, let's let's move on to our uh, our um, features of the week. So um, let's start with our uh, winner and loser of the week. So I'm going to send this dude over to the live stream. There we go. Hmm. Uh, if you don't recognize him, his name is Johnny Ive. Uh, he um, he is the uh, suave British designer, creative type um, who uh, designed uh, things like the iMac and the iPhone. Um, and um, he's credited with uh, with uh, Steve Jobs of um, really saving Apple and turning it around and coming up with some of the most iconic consumer electronics products um, that the world has ever seen. Mm. And he's leaving Apple. 
um, talk. Uh, I think there was a piece in the Wall Street Journal said that he was uh, frustrated and and angry that uh, that um, Tim Cook is uh, focusing more on um, the uh, operational side of things and doesn't really care about the design of the products, um, which Steve Jobs obviously cared very deeply about. Um, but Tim Cook then came out, I think, on CNBC and rubbished that report and said it was absolute garbage. Um, the truth, as always, is probably somewhere in the middle. Mm. Um, but he's done an incredible job. He did an incredible job, and he's, he's uh, you know, some of, some of the most recognizable designs of consumer electronics products in the world are accredited to that man. So, at this point, I'm going to press this button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Johnny, Sir Johnny Ive, Sir Jonathan. Who, uh, who has left Apple to start his own business, although Apple apparently is going to be paying him million, millions of dollars a year. Uh, uh, to hire his services back. To hire his services back, yes. <laughs> so yeah, basically... So it's also a, financially more viable for somebody like him. I mean, yeah. if he can pick up one or two other clients, mm. um, yeah, I'm sure they're earning money, but I mean, that's all about just building a legacy, I guess. So he's basically a consultant now. <laughs> no, not, not, to, not to play it down. He has done a brilliant job. Mm. Balloon job there. Definitely, definitely. And our loser this week is Econet Media um, for everything we've said out earlier in earlier in the podcast. So I won't elaborate too much there, but um, we'll be keeping an eye on Econet Media this coming week and we'll be seeing if those Roku boxes come back online. Um, but we insert that. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Oh, yes, I'm supposed to insert that picture again. <laughs> right, there we go. <laughs> and the voice clip, uh, the, the audio. The, oh, of course, yes. Loser of the week is Econet Media. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of that record, even though this is the first time we're doing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, people, keep dunking away from the sound effect board, please. It's going to be a terrible outcome. <laughs> and uh, my reaction to that comment is. <laughs> yeah, I'm at a serious disadvantage here. I need to do something. About <laughs> you need to get something to send back to me. I'll an app on my phone and I'll play it back to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, right. He cl- clicks buttons to find out where we're supposed to be going next. Oh, this is getting so confusing. Um, here we go. Picks of the week. What you got this week, Rehart? Let me find the. Let me find the picture. Hang on. There we go. Before I start talking about it, it looks uh, like a banana. The best friend, a bloody banana. My, my friend Pedro. So this is a fantastic game that launched on Steam uh, about a week or so ago. It's now on special on Steam for only 110 rants. But uh, this is a platformer, all-out action shooting carnage. I mean, this thing is beautifully crazy and it's just gory, and I love it. But I do want to read for you just before I explain to you a little bit more about the game, just uh, the game intro because I summed it up so nicely. My best friend, my best friend, my friend Pedro is a violent ballet about friendship, imagination, and one man's struggle to obliterate anyone in his path at the behest of a sentient banana. The strategic <laughs> use of split aiming, slow motion, and the, the old stylish window breach create one sensational action sequence after another in explosive battle through a violent underworld. So that sums it up quite nicely. But the game is a lot of fun to play. It reminds me very much of a kind of a Deadpool character scenario, you know. It, it's very humoristic death that he um, kind of yeah. when he kills people. It's very humoristic, and and this this game uh, kind of aligns with that quite nicely. And in fact, I would be surprised. Uh, I'm surprised that we didn't see a, a licensing version, licensed versions of this. Um, soundtrack is amazing. The the fight sequences are really cool, and the ragdoll effects um, of the characters are fantastic. Mm. So when you're shooting people, and I mean you can you can bounce your bullets off walls and pans, and you know. Sh- shoot things that explode that really have this catastrophic effect to everything around it. I mean, it's, mm. it's carnage and it's a lot of fun while we're <laughs> checking out. Great. I'm definitely going to check it out. It sounds like it's got sort of quite a, it's funny, but it's got a dark undertone to it. Oh, yes. Yeah, it mm. is very much. I mean, the banana element is pretty cool. There's a lot of humor in it, which is why I said, yeah, the um, Deadpool angle, you can co- totally see it in this game. Um, yeah. That there is any um, association yeah. between the two, but uh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's not my pick this week, but you've actually just reminded me in the Steam summer sale that's going on at the moment. I bought uh, the um, remake or the, the new latest version of the Leisure Suit Larry game. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I can't actually say the name of it on this air since it's a family show, but it's got something to do with dreams. Um, uh, oh, the liquid kind. <laughs> we will not take it any further than that. But, uh, <laughs> but um, 
it's it's very good. It's lovingly done. Um, great graphics. Um, a, a huge nod to the original uh, Leisure Suit Larry, if you ever played that back in the 1980s. Um, complete with uh, lefties, the bar, um, uh, and um, the storyline isn't exactly isn't the same, but uh, um, they they throughout the game they're parallels uh, to the original and nods mm-hmm. to the original. Um, it, and it's very well. The humor is a little the toilet at times but i suppose that's what you expect from a legacy larry game uh, i think that's a, that's probably the only part of the game that probably would date a bit is some of those mm. some of those stories story elements yeah um but uh the lady's still up in the room above the bar um although ken sent me is no longer the password <laughs> <laughs> do you want to copy too much but it's it's kind of fun because larry's come come forward from the 1980s he's i can't remember why he was in a he went through a time machine or something. I, I, didn't, I didn't really watch the intro properly, but he's now he now gets a cell phone, um, an iPhone, although it's called an iPrune in the game, and um, and uh, Larry trying to figure out the internet and this phone and how it works is is probably the funniest part of the game. <laughs> The question is like, what is an internet and where can I find it? So what is it? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the lady upstairs above lefties um, uh, sends Larry on a mission to fix the Wi-Fi router, um, and uh, he, he doesn't. He's got no idea what a Wi-Fi router is, so he asks Lefty behind the bar, where, where, where is this internet? Where can I find this internet? Because <laughs> he's got to repair the router. Um, it's good fun. It's got it's got good moments, and it's cheap. It's on special at the moment on on Steam. I forget the exact price. It's hundred bucks or something. Um, nice. And if you enjoyed the original Leisure Suit Larry, then you definitely want to get this one. Uh, but that's not my pick this week. Uh, I need to uh, I need to click buttons again. There we go. This isn't the best picture. I could have probably could have found a better picture of it. But uh, have a look at that thing, Rehard. Mm. Um, that's what we are coming to you. And this is, that thing is in part why we uh, didn't have a show last week, um, although I blame Wirecast more than I do this. So this is a brand new product. It's been out a couple of months. It's called the Rode – what's it called? The Rode Procaster. Oh, there it is. No, it's the Rodecaster oh, Pro. Oh, Rodecaster Pro, yeah. Not to be confused with the Procaster, which is the – the Rode Procaster, which is the microphone I'm using, and then this is the Rodecaster Pro, <laughs> um, which is this beautiful mixing desk. And they've um, – as you can see in that picture, that's the whole thing. So um, if you see at the bottom uh, at the bottom right uh, where the purple button is uh, on the screen right now, and I'll press that. I'm just I just literally pressed that on the <laughs> on the board. So so you can program those. So you can add your own audio into them. Um, it's a, it has a USB C interface at the back. You mm-hmm. can plug in four XLR mics. Um, so um, you know for for when you're around a table and you want to do a podcast, for example. Um, it's got four independent controls, um, USB. You can then the thing I really that sold me on this on this product uh, was the Bluetooth functionality, which will allow you to connect a mobile device like a smartphone um, and make fo- and do a phone call. So um, if I wanted to do a podcast and I needed to call somebody, now I could have done that in the past through through Skype, a bit of a pain, mm. and the quality wasn't always the best. Um, I can make a regular a GSM phone call from my phone and have it routed through this board. Um, and re- cool. and record it recorded straight in. So we could be sitting here right now, and uh, we could decide we want to phone up Elon Musk on his mobile because we've got it here, and uh, and and bring him into the show. We could literally, I could literally just pr- press up the Bluetooth button, pick up my device, dial Elon Musk, and he'd answer to the phone. Hey, this is Elon. And he'd be let's on the show. I think let's prank call him right now, don't you? <laughs> Maybe there's someone we can prank call there. Who can we call? Well, the question is, what's the prank going to be? Mm, I think we need to think about this. Yeah, let's plan it. <laughs> maybe we should. Unsuspecting victim. Yeah. Maybe we should call Toby Shapshack. Well, that could be interesting. Or Aki Anastasi. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, don't give out everybody's names now. They're going to be. Uh, they're going to know. That's a good point. Uh, oh, too late. It's already gone out live. Um, damn. Um. Martin says, road not far away from where I live, made here in Oz. Made in Oz, really? I thought yeah. it was an American product. Um, could have sworn road was an American product. No, definitely Australian, eh? Oh, really? Hey, yeah, no. Oh, I didn't know that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought the bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, just no, kidding. But it's, it's totally one of the, I mean, one of the best audio companies. No, road is fantastic. Oh. Yeah, no, their products are, you will, just won't go wrong with them. Uh, you really won't go wrong with them. Um, really impressed with this microphone as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, I forget what the setting is called, but um, 
if someone talks in the next room, for example, it's not going to come through here at all. It, it's a, what do they call it? It's not a cutter or a de, it could be a deesser. No, I forget what the technical term is, but um, no cut filter. Something like that. So it's it's, it's going to pick up my voice. Yeah, yeah. The moment I stop talking, all ambient sound is cut out. Mm. Oh, I see. That's yeah. Cool. Um, so you know, if there's a if someone starts up a vacuum cleaner down the corridor, for example, it's mm. it's simply not going to come through. Nice. That's a pretty cool feature. Mm. Mm. I think it'd be, it'd be, you might hear it when I'm talking if I'm talking because it then activates the microphone. But sure, sure, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so this roadcaster is fantastic. So it's got it takes a little uh, US uh, micro USB as well. Um, so this show is currently the audio version of the show is currently being recorded to the road. Um, so I'll be using the using that uh, to cut the audio version of the podcast this week. Um, but just generally speaking, fantastic product. And um, I had the Yamaha before, um, which I'm now looking to sell. Um, the Yamaha, what is it, the 10MGMXU or something along, along those lines, um, which had so many buttons on it, I never knew what I was doing. This thing has been simplified and is designed for podcasters, which, which I, what, what I really love about it. And um, I can't fault it. I absolutely can't fault it. Uh, I'd give this product 10 out of 10. Where's the inch of the cheering? Insta cheering guys there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> forget those, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to find time it. You should time it so that you may say, giving us 10 out of 10, and then they just, the audience erupts. <laughs> Timing is everything, Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose it becomes second nature after a while, just pressing buttons. I'll just have my eyes closed, and I'll just mm. off we go, like playing a piano. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's all new to me right now, and all this flickering between stuff. And I still need to use the Stream Deck. It's still sitting here, and I haven't programmed it yet. But uh, it is still telling me the Bitcoin price, which is currently $11,445. Um, the most expensive Bitcoin tracker in history, that. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, and I think that's our show, apart from our quiz results. So let me get rid of the roadcaster on the screen since it is no longer relevant. And let's do our quiz results. Let me do the first question. Google plans to build a new subsea cable from Europe to South Africa, while Facebook plans to encircle the continent with a similar system. What are the two systems called? And Google's is Equiano and Facebook's is said to be called Simba. The second question, which social media company said last week that it might slap warning labels on posts from politicians? And the answer there is Twitter. And uh, NASA has announced plans to send spacecraft to which moon in the solar system? And that is Saturn's Titan. And very interesting, the fourth question. Apple has announced it's moving production from, its, from the Mac Pro from where to where? And the answer is from US to China. Yes, interesting move. Isn't have a Huawei, yeah, Huawei issues, right? <laughs> um, and uh, who announced last week he is leaving Apple? And that, of course, is Sir Jonathan Ive, better known as Johnny. Johnny Ive. Johnny. What is that movie? That was uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, oh, I'm remembering that incorrectly. The one where he was the madman in Colorado in that hotel. No, I don't know it. No, you don't know that movie. The Shining. Oh, The Shining. Oh, the Shining. I, oh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Here's Johnny. <laughs> I think it was from that movie. Uh, yeah, yeah that, my, is, that is from that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. it's one of my favorite lines ever in a, in a movie. Here's Johnny. But I mean, thinking of Jack Nicholson's face now, I mean, that... that actor has gone through so many characters and iterations. I mean, yeah. young Jack Nicholson, old Jack Nicholson. I mean, those are two <laughs> completely different things there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, guys, thanks for joining us on the live stream today. Um, if you're listening after the, effe uh, after the uh, effect, uh, effect, is that the right word? No. After the affair, after the, after the show. Um, it's definitely time to end this podcast. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> after, after the effect, I think. It's after right. the effect, yes. Um, then uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Our, um, our WhatsApp line to use is 071-999-1111. But please do try to join us on Sundays. Uh, we, we're a little bit late today, uh, just as we were ironing out the fin final it's issues fault. we had. What him? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was definitely my fault. You why you? I'll, we should have a little animation if I put my hand up there. <laughs> I need the, I, I need these animated stuff on the left hand. Oops, that way it's in reverse. <laughs> I need animated stuff on the uh, on the side of the screen here, pointing big arrows. You know, <laughs> oh, this is going to be all out for when I get my green screen. <laughs> Absolutely, you must get one because we're going to have a huge fun if we do that. Um, 
But uh, yeah, as you can hear, uh, we have great fun with the uh, with the video version of this podcast. So do join us. Uh, either watch it in in uh, after the fact. I know I know a lot of you are uh, having Sunday lunch at around one o'clock. But uh, if you're free, do join us uh, on our live stream at one p.m. on Sundays. And uh, just join us on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is simply YouTube.com/slash/TechCentral. Couldn't be easier. And uh, hit that subscribe button. Um, otherwise. Uh, um, if you don't subscribe to the audio version of the podcast, you can, of course, listen to that in your car, in your favorite podcast app. Just search Tech Central, one word in uh, whichever uh, your uh, favorite um, podcatcher is, and uh, you'll find all of our podcasts there, including this one, Talk Central. And um, we go out on Sunday afternoons. From Recha to myself, until next Sunday, and uh, hopefully there won't be too many bugs in the system between then and now. Have a great week, and we'll chat to you then. Cheers. Ciao, ciao.